0: If you just got a puppy, or you just rescued your first dog, you know that this is going to be expensive. Just getting a dog in general is going to be expensive, and most people don't even consider how much they're going to spend on damaged property, damaged goods. I was working with a dog once that chewed through drywall. Okay, my first dog chewed through my brother's Tim's, destroyed the aglet on the laces. I don't want you to have to go through this. Okay, it was already a couple hundred dollars to get the dog, or a couple thousand dollars if it's a purebred dog. So you've already taken out your wallet and swiped your Amex, your credit card. Now, you're going to do some training, right? So you're going to have to get treats. You're going to have to get training equipment. You might have to hire a professional. Then you have to replace all of the stuff that your dog is destroying, completely ruining. I'm working with a client right now who, for whatever reason... Keeps buying new things. Keeps buying new things to put in her dog's palate. And the dog just keeps devouring all of it. And she has to go buy the next new thing. I think she's gone through three couches. Yes! Couches. Not like love seats, not like a chair. Couches, full-on couches. I don't want this to happen to you. So let's break down how we can stop our dogs from destructive chewing. That's what it's called. Destructive chewing. Now there's productive chewing. Which we're going to talk about, but destructive chewing is what you don't want. They're destroying property. They're going through doors. They're eating drywall. They're eating electrical. Right, that's a problem. Not only for damagement, you know, damagement. Not only for damage, but the health and well-being of your dog. There are things that they cannot ingest. I was working with a Rottweiler once. They came in because the dog was eating lighters. It was obsessed with swallowing lighters whole, and the owner had already had three or four surgeries to get them removed. That's a couple thousand dollars each. Okay, if you haven't gone to the vet yet with your dog, and you haven't had anything like that yet, start putting money aside now. The vet is expensive. It's expensive. So destructive chewing stems from a multitude of places. Now, I always say that we don't necessarily need to know why something's happening to teach our dog what we want them to do. In destructive chewing, there's a little bit of a nuance that goes with it, because there could be multiple reasons. And because of those multiple reasons, there's different solutions for the problem. So the first thing we need to understand are the five influences of behavior. If you don't have a pen and paper out right now, you might want to get it out. These are five influences of behavior, and this will clear up so much for you. Why is my dog doing all this stuff? This is going to clear it all up. Genetics, chemistry, health, early experiences, and adult learning. Did you write those down? Genetics, chemistry, health, early experiences, and adult learning. Those are the five influences of behavior. What does that mean? Behavior stems from those five influences. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. So let's go through them. Genetics. If you have a dog that is genetically predisposed to chewing, then that's why they're chewing. Super simple, right? They're more likely to chew because it was part of their genetic makeup. This does not mean it cannot be taught to not chew. It just means that they have a predisposition to do so. Again, I have to emphasize that. I have to stress it. It does not mean you cannot teach your dog not to destructively chew. You cannot blame their breed for why they chew and destroy things. Can't happen. That's what the client I was telling about earlier, who has three couches now, that's what she did. Oh, well, my dog's a particular breed. And I'm not going to say a breed because if you have that breed, you're going to go, oh, that's why my dog does that. It's just part of nature, it's human response. You're going to go, oh, I agree with that part, and you're going to forget everything else. So I'm not going to say the breed. But this lovely woman who's trying her best blaming the dog's breed and said, oh, well, you know, that's just, that's what I've heard. That's what it's like with these breeds. That's what it's like. I said, sure, it can be, but the situation you're putting her in right now is probably contributing more to it. I digress. If you have a dog breed, and I put air quotes around that, dog breed that destructively chews You have to do 10 times more work. I just want you to think about it like that. I'm going to do 10 times more work on purpose to combat the genetic makeup of the dog that wants to chew. Okay. Moving from genetics, we have chemistry. Chemistry is about the chemicals in the dog's brain that tell it to do something, not to do something, how to feel, how to act, those kinds of things. Dogs with a high level of anxiety and stress And cortisol, which is a chemical in the brain, with cortisol in their body, will be more stressed than the average dog. So if you have a very highly anxious dog, or when you leave them, they have separation anxiety, that amount of cortisol is stressing them out. And chewing is a way to reduce stress, just like a dog licking or moving around in circles. There are certain things that dogs do, just like people, right? If you take a big sigh and you go, that's a stress-relieving kind of signal. It just it takes all the weight off, relaxing your shoulders, blinking, yawning, right? Everything kind of brings you down for a second. That's what happens with our dogs. So if the cortisol levels are up, there's a chemical imbalance in your dog's brain. Now, some dogs are naturally like that. They are naturally more anxious, and they require some medication to be brought down to a nice, calm level. When in the case of destructive chewing, you have to fix that feeling. Right? You can't just say, no, don't chew, because they're like, I'm panicking. I need to chew on something. (laughs) And sometimes dogs will even chew on themselves if they don't have access to something else, because of how rewarding it is to chew and relieve that stress. So they'll chew on their legs, they'll chew on their paws, they'll chew on their nails. It's not very good. It's just like human beings. Oh, I can chew on my nails because I'm anxious. I don't. I never have. But individuals do. Right? I had other habits. I developed solving a Rubik's Cube when I'm anxious. I just looked at my Rubik's Cube and I would solve it. So each dog will have a different method of solving their social anxiety or their uh, stress anxiety or separation anxiety, any type of anxiety where the cortisol levels go up. They're going to chew or do something else. But in the event that we're talking about chewing today, we have to change the way they feel. This might mean medication, so that they do not have such high levels of cortisol in the body so that we can then teach them what we want them to do. So it's genetics and chemistry. Now we're getting to health. If your dog has a tooth problem and they are chewing to try to fix the tooth problem, for me right now, I'll give you a personal example. My wisdom teeth are coming in and they hurt like hell. And they're right in the back. I don't have the bottom, I don't have the top. But I'm trying to chew on things in the back of my mouth so I can get them to erupt through the gums. I apologize if I'm, Sending you back on a trip when you had wisdom teeth. But right, so I'm in pain and I'm trying to relieve that pain by chewing. Dogs can do that as well. So they're chewing because their teeth hurt. So if your dog is chewing excessively and they are not a normal chewer, you might want to bring them to the vet, get their teeth checked out. It doesn't have to be, oh well, they have an impacted tooth or the tooth is cracked or something like that. It could be a, a simple abscess. It could be a cut on their gums that just feels good when they itch it. You gotta go talk to your vet about that. Then we get to early experiences. Early experiences and health kind of go hand in hand here because when your dog is teething as a puppy, right, their early experiences in life, when they're teething, they wanna chew on things because it feels good, just like a baby. So if you're in the puppy stages, understand that your dog is gonna chew on things. However, you need to give them the things that are appropriate to chew on. This is where you really have some control right? Genetics, chemistry, health, you got to go talk to a vet. You got to understand their inner workings. Early experience, you just got to set them up for success the best way that you possibly can. That's through management. That's through teaching them what's appropriate to chew on and what's not appropriate to chew on. And a Kong will be your best friend. I did a video two weeks ago about the Kong and how wonderful of a tool it is. If you can teach your dog to love the Kong and chew on the Kong, they're not going to chew on your dining room table. Right? They're not going to chew on the legs. They're not going to chew on the curtains. They're going to go chew on their Kong. So you got to teach them how to do that. You have to understand that they're puppies. They don't know any better. They just find something and chew on it. To them, the curtain and the Kong look exactly the same. It's a thing that makes my teeth feel good. Right, The wood bone that you gave them and the armrest are exactly the same. So you have to teach them what's appropriate, what's not. Now, this does not mean substitute. That's not what I'm talking about. I see this all the time, and it usually creates problems. Dogs chewing on something it's not supposed to, and we move the dog over, and then we give them something that they should chew on. What does that teach them? Ooh, if I chew on the armrest, mom's going to give me the thing that I do want. What I'd much rather have is have my dog chewing on the armrest. Not have my dog chewing on the armrest, but in the event that they are chewing on the armrest, and I would call them away. Now, as a puppy, I recommend having a leash on your dog constantly, so you can kind of nudge them just far enough away so that they can start to make a good decision. They make that good decision, now I can give them the thing they want. But I've broken the sequence of chewing on the thing I don't want and giving them the thing I do want them to chew on with the recall in the middle. So they're chewing on the thing I don't want them, recall them away, they come towards me, now I can give them something. I can reward them for the recall, which does two things. One. Actually, it does three things. One, it stops them from chewing on the thing I don't want them to do. I can give them something that I do want them to chew on, and I'm teaching a solid and reliable recall by getting them away from something that they really want. Because I have something better. I'm instilling this concept in their mind from a very early age. Now, as we digress into training, we move into adult learning. If you have a rescue dog or you did not do training when they were a puppy, and now you have an older dog that's destroying and chewing on everything, understand that they still might be influenced by chemistry and health, but the early experience is also developed a habit. The older your dog gets, and the more they've practiced one particular behavior, the longer it's going to take you to fix. The classic uh, saying, takes an old dog new tricks, Teach, teach an old dog new tricks, it takes an old dog new tricks, Teach an old dog new tricks. It's going to take some time. So, you have to manage as much as you can. I talk about this all the time. Manage your dog's situations. If you can manage them, if you can teach them, this is the thing you chew on, and I'm not even going to let you get near things that you're not supposed to chew on. If you can do that and you can still recall them away, your dog will stop having a destructive chewing sessions. But you've got to be on top of them 100% of the time. That is going to be the hardest part. You being on top of your dog 100% of the time. And if you cannot be on top of your dog, you have to put them in a situation where they're not going to fail. Put them in the crate, right? I wouldn't give them something in the crate that you don't want them to have and don't let them sneak something into the crate. Like, for example, if you're going to put a bed in your dog's crate and they're going to chew on the bed, don't put the bed in there, right? Sounds super simple. Just don't put the bed in there. Oh, well, I want my dog to have a comfortable place to light. You're absolutely right. And I agree with you. Every single time they destroy the bed, they practice the bad behavior, not to mention the $50, $60, $100 that you just spent on a bed. You are going to get frustrated and angry with your dog. I'm not interested in making you and your dog enemies. I'm interested in making you guys a team, a partnership. So you got to give and take here, right? You're going to have to give up your free time to work with your dog, and your dog has to give up the comfort of the bed until they can handle it. My dog, Breezy, we waited. My first dog, Breezy, I got her when she was nine months old, and she destroyed two beds. I then laid a towel out for her that I didn't care about, and she chewed it up a little bit, but eventually she stopped because we were training and we were working on it. Now, you could put something like that out, something that you don't care about, but not something that they can ingest and get injured by, right? So don't get them like a plush bed that used to be your your son's favorite thing. Like, don't do that. Get a towel, lay it out. You can throw it out if it gets all raggedy. So we laid a towel down for a little while, and she eventually learned, okay, I'm not going to chew on things, awesome, cool beans. We give her a couple bones, we give her a couple of toys that she could chew on, and she really doesn't chew on them, she just kind of holds them. Now, as she got older, we were able to get her a nice bed, a really expensive, nice, tempur bed. Like, she's got some luxury now. All because we waited. If we had let her practice the bad behavior, It would have happened over and over and over again. She would have ripped up the bed. We would have gotten a new one. She would have ripped up that bed. She would have gotten a new one. Ripped up that bed, gotten a new one, right? It's just a cycle at that point. I don't want that cycle. I'm not interested in that cycle. I'm interested in getting her to do the right thing, to play with the Kong, to eat the things that we give her, to chew on the bone, right? And if your dog goes and finds the bone by themselves and is chewing on the right thing, you've got to reward it. You've got to reward the things that you do like. Don't forget that. Don't go, okay, I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on managing so much, and I'm, re- I'm doing my training sessions. Remember, life still goes on when you're in a training session or not. Life still happens. And so you want to reward heavily when they do the thing you want them to do. You've been training so much for it, you're missing an opportunity by not rewarding them when they're doing the thing that you actually wanted them to do, right? I'll leave you with uh, the last story here, going based, based off what I just mentioned. Rewarding your dog for the thing you want them to do. I was working with a family and they were very upset with the dog because it ruined every single, I think it was the left, yeah, the left shoe in the house. Coincidence? I think not. It just happened to grab the left shoe and it would come out and it would show the family the shoe and they would all get excited. They would chase the dog around and I said, Could you do me a favor? Just for the next week. I want you to pay attention to everything your dog does. Literally get a notebook out, write everything down. What is my dog doing? It's uh, 8.15 p.m. My dog is laying in the bed. It's 8.20 p.m. My dog just got up and went to the kitchen. It's 8.25 you know, 8. p.m. My dog just came into the living room with a toy. Uh, it's 8.30 p.m. My dog just sat on the bed with a toy. It's 8.45 p.m. My dog got up and went into my bedroom. It's eight fifty p m my dog came back with the shoe. It's now nine twenty, and we're chasing the dog around the house. If you need to go back and listen to what I said. The order, right? The dog got up, went to its bed, then it went into the kitchen, got its toy, came back out, was hanging out in his bed. And then it was like, "Hey, no one's giving me any attention. I got my toy here. I want to play with somebody, but no one cares. I'm going to go get the thing that I know will get their attention, and that is the shoe. So they forgot to reward the thing that the dog was doing, the good thing. The behavior of going and getting your toy and trying to bring it over so we can have some fun and engagement before we go to bed for the night. And instead, the dog said, all right, well, this toy isn't working. Let me go find the other toy. And the other toy was the shoe. The other toy was the shoe. Everybody got excited about the shoe. Clearly, it was the best toy in the house. So eventually, that dog just gave up on her toys and only went for the toys, the shoes, that everyone else was interested in. Find out what your dog is doing right that you like. You have to watch them, and you got to reward them. you got to, got to reward them. So stop destructive chewing by stopping them from practicing the chewing, managing all of their situations in life, and then rewarding them heavily for choosing to do the right thing and give them the right thing to do. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next time.